You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Interstate Batteries offers a wide variety of batteries for your everyday needs. Stop into one of their thousands of retail locations and talk with a battery specialist about batteries for your truck, trail cameras, and even those weird batteries for your rangefinder. Interstate Batteries even offers cell phone repair in certain locations. For more information, visit interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. HuntStand is the most popular and functional mobile hunting app on the market. With a variety of base maps to choose from, satellite imagery that is updated every month, the ability to check the weather, no property information, and even catalog your trail cam picks, HuntStand even gives you the ability to import pins and location markers from other mobile apps. Visit HuntStand.com or download wherever you download your apps. Enter discount code SN20 at checkout for 20% off. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin-cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Hey, thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast, where you're going to hear a valuable hunting-based conversation that's tailored for us Southern folk. If you love what we do and would like to support Southern Ground Hunting, you can visit Patreon.com forward slash Southern Ground Hunting, or you can click on the link in the show notes below. We'd love for you to join the Southern Ground Hunting community today. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash Southern Ground Hunting. You can also support us by leaving us a rating and review on iTunes. It helps more than you know, and we greatly appreciate it. And now, let's get to the show. I've had a, a heck of a run, and um, I really don't have much of an agenda of anything like specific that I want to talk to you all about. I think, Jeremy, you might be one of the most quoted people on our podcast. Like whenever whenever we go back and talk about different tactics and things like that, your name comes up in the one episode that you've done with us in the past. Your name comes up over and over. Well, you know what Jeremy said back here? Jeremy said this and Jeremy said that. And uh, so we, uh, like I said, like everybody loves to watch you guys they loved that episode and it's only going to be better adding daniel to the to the mix oh, yeah. here on this episode that's right he's a big part of it you know i want him to relate to the younger group you know like i said i'm older and done a lot of this you know and, and i love sharing it with this younger generation coming up and i'm hoping they see through him a lot of the younger guys you know what they can get out of it too oh uh, like i said i've been very fortunate and i've I've always loved to talk to older hunters. I always loved to listen to their stories. And you know, that's where I got a lot of the quotes and stuff from is just, just hearing it and, you know, trying to pass it down. That's so cool, man. That's neat. Parker, I was, I was thinking to our episode, I guess it was at the beginning of your season when we did our fantasy hunter draft. Yeah. You know, Daniel was on my team 
and Jeremy Jeremy was on your team. So that's that's pretty neat that it's just us. Yeah, we uh and and we can't forget that uh I don't know if you guys if y'all haven't listened to it, you definitely should. We did a fantasy like a fantasy football draft, but we did it for uh deer hunters and okay. and who we would have on our teams if we had to go into a certain place and uh kill buck real quick. And you guys both made the cut. Y'all are both on on a team and uh man i gotta tell you i'm I'm kind of disappointed that drew is not here because i think he might be the number one jeremy aaron fan in the world uh i, I think i think he he thinks it's like father son holy ghost and then jeremy aaron's like right there underneath, <laughs> underneath. Uh, well the main thing between me and daniel what works so good is we're both competitive you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we are that. And that's what <laughs> he shot his elk in Montana and he got back home and showed my wife. And I was going to Wyoming and he like, man, I hope my elk's going to be bigger than his. <laughs> <And> I, <laughs> I'm like, boy, I'm in a unit that took 10 years to draw. I'll post to kill a bigger bull than you. <laughs> yeah. Counter unit. But he still was pretty close. So, yeah. uh, you know, and that's good. That's what drives him. But a lot of time I tell him, it's not all about competition now, but competition does help you now. It, it does give you that, that fire to, you got to do a little bit harder, just a little bit. Yeah. So and we, yeah, go ahead. I just, I'm just curious to know how you guys like became like how y'all got, how y'all, you know, got to know each other. Like, have y'all been friends forever? Is it like family friend type thing? Or oh, I've known Daniel since he's a little bit feller. Uh, like I said, when we had the hunt show in 2003, his dad was on several of them. You know, he turned, okay. he was a big hunter. So we hunted together. Like I said, they've lived what five miles from me yeah 10 minutes maybe it's like i said i've known him since he was a little bit feller yeah. <laughs> and i asked him like i said he was homeschooled he 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 his dad basically raised him hunting and everything and i remember when he was 16 they come we had a little pea patch and they come pitch peas and i draw the elk tag or it was gonna go elk hunting yeah. no no i draw you drew that muzzler it was colorado yeah, you man, drew a muzzler tag yeah and i told sandy i like I'm going to ask him if they'll let Daniel go with me. You know, well, he wasn't going to have a tag, but he's going to get to go when he's 16. I didn't figure his mom did let him go. <laughs> he called me at night like, they're going to let me go. And like that, was, yeah. <laughs> he reminded me so much of myself when I was young. Uh, like I said, I, I was just eat up with hunting in high school. I coon hunted with an old man that was 65 years old. You know, I, I wasn't big on dating and stuff. I loved hunting. You know, like I said, I had, I had a ball with that old man. He taught me a lot of stuff. Uh, so I guess I, he, like I said, he reminded me so much of myself. And so, and, and like I said, we just hit it off. Yeah. Well, y'all, and, y'all like really, said, I was going to say, y'all really compliment each other really well. Like, well, uh, it does. And like what I have to say about Daniel is for his age, how he can read sign and, I knew he had it when he killed a big deer when he was 16 or 17. Uh, 17, yeah. 17. I'm talking about 115 deer on public land. And he basically, he comes after and he like, man, why'd that deer do that? Why'd that, why'd that deer, you know, he always would was was trying to figure out why it done something instead of like, man, I killed a big old deer and didn't have a, wasn't even thinking about why that deer done that. You know, a lot of folks don't pay attention when something happens like that. You got to figure out that buck was going somewhere for a reason. You know, and yeah. and you got to try figuring that out. If you figure some of it out, it allowed to work somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a win. You know, he going checking scrapes and stuff. When he gets up, he pretty much knows where he's going unless something bumps and, and turns him. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, that, that's where I, I picked up on Daniel. I'm like, man, he's. And I've had a ton of people tell me, 
man, he's got so much knowledge for 21 year old that I've never seen a kid that, that young, that's got that much knowledge. Yeah. Uh, but like I said, he said his dad and I've taught him a lot. Uh, so, <laughs> and he picked up from it and, and run with it. That's great. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we see a lot of the younger guys, they're into the, go to the shooting house, just sit in the shooting house, Greenfield. You don't put out, put out a bag of corn. You know, that's, yeah. that's the big thing or put out the corn and sell camera. And, and I have friends that are guilty of that, but going out and actually learning sign and the woodsmanship of it is, uh, it's a big thing that I, I enjoy and I can admire that y'all do. And it's, uh, it's not unnoticed. Well, and, you know, I have so many people ask me, I want to go out of state, but where do I start? Well, if, if they understood how to read sign where they're at, there's no different from going there than another state, you know, but they've got so used to the, putting something out and a deer come to you. Well, out of state, I don't know hardly any states that you can bait in. So you, you can't do that tactic, you know, mm-hmm. so you, you've got to go the other way. you got to hunt sign. And, and like I said, Daniel's got a lot to go with that because he's pretty sharp on going to a new place and his tactics on, on finding that. Yeah. Well, you now, know, Daniel, uh, which I didn't even realize you're 21 years old. Uh, so I'm pretty amazed by that already. But um, what I think about is myself at 21 years old, like I was a little bit older before I really started challenging myself to um, really learn how to deer hunt, right? Like to really go and do it. Uh a little bit older, married well into my marriage. And, uh, then I started like, you know what? I've done this my whole life. Let me try something different. I started really trying to learn and stuff. So it's really cool to see how uh, a guy your age, you know, who's been doing it for years, obviously. And it's cool to see how you've, you've kind of started that progression a little bit, uh, a little bit sooner. I'm interested to know from you, uh, like, what was it what was the thing if you if you had to think of like one moment that you're like I am not gonna just take the easy way out I'm gonna actually learn how to be a woodsman and a real deer hunter. Oh man, there's a lot you and like I say looking up like somebody like Kim that's done what he's done in his life. And I I remember when I was younger I'd come to his house over here and I was looking around I was like man look at this there's deer everywhere big deer. I was like, I want to do that. I, you know, I want to be to that stage one day in my life. Hopefully, I doubt I ever will be. But I was like, I'm going to try. And I and just listening and learning. And I was always one. You know, I wouldn't try to take just one person and learn everything from one person. I'll take and learn from a little bit from this person, a little bit from that. And I think really what you know what may have helped me get to where I am is just taking it all and just trying it. You know, somebody kill a big deer. I listen to them, see how they done it, you know, try to figure out, you know, how that deer traveled whenever they killed it or whatever the circumstances was. And then I'm like, you know what, I'm going to try that. See if it works. If it don't, I'll try something else. Uh, And I learned just over the years combining all that stuff that, you know, it seems to work. Some stuff I take from other people's, and it works and then some stuff it don't i'm like okay i'll try something different next time but uh it was just a drive that i wanted really uh just to kill you know good deer uh mature deer on public land and he really got me on the public land kick for sure uh and once that started i was like man i can go anywhere and do this you know there's 
sky's the limit as far as the United States for going somewhere deer hunting. I mean, everybody, I remember when I was young watching, you know, say Real Tree and all those, you know, primos looking at them like, man, look, they're in Iowa. I'll probably never get to go there. Kansas, they're killing giants. And, you know, he'll go and kill just as big a deer as they do. I'm like, you're doing that and you're not going where they're going. And then he got me into that, you know, go here and try to do this. And, you know, I'm up there. I'm like, man, this is fun. And it's I'm not having to, you know, I'm not doing stuff like they are on those other TV shows. And I'm like, man, this is you can anybody can do this. No doubt. Let me let me tell you one thing about Daniel that I guarantee you they ain't hardly nobody else. None of your listeners have ever done. Well, he went with me to Colorado that time. You know, I, another good friend went with me and he got talking about catching hummingbirds. And I'm like, what do you say? He said, I said, <laughs> I'm in a hummingbird feeder for 30 minutes. Be still. He said, I'll catch hummingbirds. Yeah. I'm like, you got patience if you can do that. <laughs> I ain't never heard nobody that can catch a hummingbird. <laughs> kid, what do you think? They're going to homeschool kid, man. <laughs> you gotta you gotta you gotta have some fun sometimes. seriously seriously think about i mean would you say that like deer hunting or just the outdoors kind of took the place of athletics um and sports oh, yeah. for you it did no doubt no doubt because they're you know being homeschooled and, and they really just started in the last few years that homeschoolers could participate in the ball and stuff uh, around here. So I never got to grow up, you know, got the chance to play football or baseball or none of that. So it was, it was hunting, no doubt for me, if it wasn't hunting, it was fishing, uh, you know, it'd be squirrel hunting and me being, you know, growing up youth season. I mean, we'd always get that early start. Uh, me and my dad, we'd have to be out there early, whether it's squirrel hunting, turkey hunting, deer hunting, you know, we'd always be out there learning. And like I say, my dad, he taught me not how to, not how to hunt, like a lot of the other people did, you know, we, he made me walk, he made me look and find and figure out how to hunt stuff. You know, it wasn't just like, let's sit here and, and, you know, maybe something will come by, you know, we're going to find it and put ourselves in the best situation for it. And, and, and they skin it and eat everything. Oh, I'm yeah. talking about they didn't, they didn't buy no meat at the grocery store. Mm-mm. They, they basically lived off the land. Yeah. That's <laughs> That's great. So you, yeah. So you didn't get checked out of school or anything. I, I remember, as a kid, I'd be, you know, days like, I'm going to come check you out and we're going to go hunting. And it may or may not have happened, you know, but man, you, you were there. It's like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to go hunting in the morning and I'll come back and do my school. So that's his extracurricular. Know. Yeah. That's like, you know, Hands you're, elect- you're elective. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's right. He, that's why he's so wood smart. He's got many, many, many hours in the woods. That's, I, that's right. His same age. So, um, <laughs> well that's i was also going to say like for for me in the last couple of years i know you were talking about the hunting the public land and you can you can go anywhere um it's sometimes it's not about the hunt for me necessarily it's about the adventure and going and seeing new stuff and i mean from hunt like you said kansas iowa oklahoma arkansas you're seeing a vast you know different regions of the united states and different terrain different and the deer kind of lay different sign too i imagine i haven't gone out there much but you're getting more of an adventure inside the hunt you know that i feel like sometimes the kill can be icing on the cake because you're seeing you know so many awesome things you know like a bucket list for me is to go elk hunting 
I mean, y'all are doing it. Y'all have been multiple times already. Um, and y'all are just showing, showing the public with your channel that it, it's doable. And, you know, it's, it's said in your name, do it yourself, you know, do it yourself, Hunter. And uh, that really applies to me because I have people that will go on paid hunts, nothing against a paid hunt. Um, you know, that, that's great. You go out there and you can do it. But I've kind of got a grudge on my shoulder that I want to do it, you know, do it for me, prove that I can do it. You know, I don't want, yeah. I don't want, so, you know, at the end of the season, like right now, we're, we're going to end next Friday. I would love for somebody to say, Hey, if you go sit in this stand, you'll kill 120 <laughs> inch deer. That'd be awesome right now. But, yeah. uh, I, either, during the season, that's not what I want. I'm wanting to do it, you know, on my own. Yeah. Well, one thing about the Western hunts, I'll tell you, do it while you're young. Yeah. And because them hounds older you get, they can be tough. Uh, like I said, I hadn't been in about 20 years when I done this hunt here. And man, I used to, I could run them down there. I could still do it now, but I had to do it at my own pace. Yeah. So I really advise the young guys out there listening. If you ever wanted to do a Western hunt, be planning. Yeah. Be planning now. That's what Daniel, you know, we both put in for tag and it didn't work out. I had a grandson and I was like, you go by yourself. I like, you know how to shoot. You're in good shape. You know, we sort of knew some areas I'd hunted before that, you know, I knew there's elk in that area. And I like, you go there. And I had a buddy up there. I called him. I like, this boy ain't never been to Montana. I said, but I guarantee he's been killing elk there. And and he did. And elk's not a very high success ratio now. You go check the states out. It, it, yeah, it's like 10% of every elk hunter in the er, a year. Yeah, that's, that's it all. Yeah. And I say it's, uh, in most years it's lower than that. So, yeah. so you got to, but if you're in good shape, you can shoot and you're willing to put in the time and, 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 and basically find them. Oh, yeah. Find them and watch them. Oh, they're, they're just a big old turkey in during Arkansas season. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> now, I don't, I don't want to spend too much off of this, but earlier I heard you said that you had a, a hunting show uh, back in the day or something like that. that yeah, I was, you I, was and outdoor, dad. I was on my outdoor channel, Do It Self Hunter. I, when I was y'all's age, you know, I don't know how old you are, when I was in my late 20s, I had a go. Or when I was in my 20s, I had a go. I'm like, I want to make a living hunt. Man, that, that's, that was my goal. You know, I loved to hunt, and I was business-minded. I've always been self-employed, and I'm like, man, I can make a living hunting. And I give it a shot. Man, I had a business. I sold out and had, had the money. My wife went back to school for three years. I basically hunted for three years. I'm talking about I traveled the country hunting. We finally got on the Outdoor Channel, and that gun was supposed to be on in 9-11. We supposed to – basically in January of 2022 – we were supposed to be on, but man, 9-11 hit. Y'all probably not old enough to remember what 9-11. 2002? <laughs> 2001. <laughs> 2001. You said 20. Hey, we got to get this oh, okay. straight. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I missed something. <laughs> I'm lost. Okay. Well, I'm old now. <laughs> but, it, it, man, we missed our boat. If we, if, if 9-11 wouldn't have hit, man, we had sponsors finna come on, and all that dropped out because the economy just sort of crashed right there. For, so we had to be another year before we got back on. And we was on in January to July of, of 2003. And it was Do It Self Hunter. We basically was doing what we was doing now. You know, we was, we was traveling, going to – because I was very fortunate to go out west in my – I was 16 the first year I got to go to Colorado. And then I got going in my 20s to Montana. And it was like 14 years in a row I went and hunted Montana. Loved it. You know, man, just learned the country, learned people out there. And like I said, 2003 <laughs> – the guy editing my shows, cause I didn't know nothing about editing back then, you know, and it was expensive. It was expensive being on the outdoor channel. You know, guys, now this YouTube, it don't cost nothing to put it on there. I remember for them two quarters in 2003, and we just bought 
two minutes of commercial. There was six minutes of commercial in a 30 minute show that you could buy them all. And then you turn around, and sold them to sponsors. Them two, two minutes of commercials for two quarters was $80,000. <laughs> <laughs> and and wow. that, guy said, that guy said, man, this is going to be an expensive hobby <laughs> or you going to make money at it. Yeah. <laughs> Most of the big sponsors would like to stay a year and we'll sponsor you. And I'm like, man, they knew that weeded about everybody out. Yeah. But what the kicker was that, that fall, I'm talking about I had three little girls at the house. My wife come down with thyroid cancer and it, you know, she had that. And it was basically, you know, I had to stay with the family or go hunting. So that's why I backed off. You know, if you read some of her things and the girls are grown now, they're out of school, they're on their own. And, and she knew that was my goal when I got them out of the house that I want to start back doing this. But I, I when I started back, after I sold out everything in, in, in 99, cause we sold it. We had a sawmill. I sold that thing out in August of 99. Like I said, I didn't do nothing but hunt for about three, four, five years. Wasn't hurt for money. Uh, you know, basically put plenty back, uh, got through that. But then finally she like, you want to get a job. <laughs> <laughs> so I started back over. And when I started back over, I like, well, I'm not going to put all my eggs in one basket. So I got invested in other things that cash flow. And after the kids got out, and I basically said, Hey, I can do it now because you, you, y'all got kids probably they're expensive and they're very expensive with the older they get cars, insurance on the car, cell phone, mm. college. But man, after they get out of college and they leave, you're like, man, I don't need near as much money to get by no more. Oh, you've been <laughs> that much for so long. Yes. And it's all of a sudden. <laughs> and, and you had, three, you had three daughters on top of that too. That's right. So That's you right. had some extra expense. And my wife, she went back and got her teaching degree them three years. Oh, uh, when, when we basically doing that my hunt. So she got her teaching. And like I said, she likes four years now after this four and the rest of this year. And she's ready to retire. <laughs> she's ready to do some of this stuff. That's great. Right. Now, th- this this is a meaningless plug for me. You said you owned a sawmill. Is that right? Uh-huh, I was in sawmill. So, so you're in the business. Okay. So I, I'm a forester. I work uh, at uh, West Rock in Stevenson, Alabama. So okay. we buy and sell logs to Robinson's Dave, you know, all those guys. So you probably know some of the same folks I do. So that's pretty neat. Yeah. Like I said, that was what I went. I was, like I said, I went to forestry school, uh, got out and like I said, we bought timber. We had our own little company. We had, a, you know, we had two logging crews there at one time and then we bought a sawmill. We just dropped back to one crew, dead run it. And I run the sawmill and like I said, done it to 99. And I'm like, man, I can make a living hunt, you know? Yeah. My dad said, that's what you want to do. Go ahead. You know, so, That's so great. Of it and, but it didn't work out, but you learn a lot. A lot of times when something don't work, you learn a lot from it. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing about going to out of state hunts is the contacts of people you meet. You know, when you run into somebody in the woods, deep in the woods, most time you sit down and talk to them because they're just like you. Mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. they've, got, they've got dreams like you do or, and man, they'll share information. Oh, yeah. uh, but now they won't just anybody, but after you, you know, usually when I see somebody, I'm a mile deep, they come walk by me. I'm going to walk up there and talk, talk to them. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Hey, we, you, you know, I want to share information with them. Most of the time they'll sit there and talk to you. Yeah. <clears throat> I had that happen this weekend. Same thing happened, man. Just back there pretty deep. And we got to talking for a little bit and had a great, great, uh, great exchange right there. That's, that's something I appreciate about what you guys do. Um, man, it just doesn't seem like anything ever bothers you like like you 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 have these like tough moments somebody's hunting the spot you want to hunt flip your boat and almost die 
Uh, <laughs> lose, lose, lose a big buck that you shot you know you have and but when i hear you talk about it or you both of you guys you turn in your camera and talk about it you're just so easy going and it's almost like it doesn't phase you i want to know is that a learned skill or would you say it's a natural thing for you well it's learned and then you get to sort it gets more natural because you get my age, you're going to have ups and downs, you know, yeah. ups and downs in business, ups and downs. Like my wife got cancer. You know, you go through a lot of things, but you learn. I always learn when I got in a tough situation, what will I be doing next week? What will I be doing next year? You know, I try to look in ahead of it, you know, yeah. trying to endure through it. Yeah. And then you get looking, you get around negative people and man, they can make you be negative. Oh, yeah. So that's what I got. Man, be positive. You know, just, that's, you know, be thankful for what you got. Uh, uh, and that, that's where we got. You know, like lost a deer and the boat turned over, you know, Hey, it could have been, I always looked, it always could have been worse. Yeah. You see, you know, when something like that happens, I always look, it's always been worse. Yeah. And then you need to turn into a positive and, and, and that's one thing about hunting public land. You know, I, I tried to get Daniel cause Daniel don't like, he, he don't like getting whooped. He, he don't like losing sometimes. And I'm like, man, that's just part of it. You learn from it. You learn from it and you, it makes you stronger. You basically just, you know, I read a quote on a guy about like 6% of the elk hunters kill 90% of the elk out West. Mm-hmm. And he basically why they do it. And it's sort of the deer hunters same way. You just, you stay at it. You grind, you grind because all of a sudden it can turn around just like that. You know, most time when you kill a big deer, most big deer I kill, it's not, you like, I'm going to crawl up that tree and like, it's going to happen today. He's going to come in here at two o'clock. I'm going to kill him. You know, most time you, you, you read and sign and, you kill him, you like, dad, gummy. That happened quick. Yeah. You know, it just, so you, you just keep yourself in that situation to make it happen and, and, and grind through all them bad times. Hey guys, as most of you know, censorship for hunters and anglers is completely out of control. So we've partnered with the social media platform Go Wild to combat the mainstream social media censorship. Go Wild was built by outdoorsmen and women just like you. Go Wild is a free social community. Not only are your photos not censored, They're actually encouraged on Go Wild. They give you points for things like sharing your trophies, gear reviews, and inviting other friends. As you earn points, you unlock awesome rewards too, like gift cards, free stuff like knives, huge discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex, and so much more. And if you create a free account, you can unlock $10 just for trying it out. Visit GoWild.com to get started. Six Day Grind Coffee Co. is made for people like you ones out there grinding to reach your goals every single day whether it's 3 a.m wake up calls to get into the woods or just getting through your work day a good cup of high quality coffee to start your day is imperative when you buy from six day grind you not only get a great bag of premium roasted coffee you also have the opportunity to support conservation through their coffee for your cause program where 10 percent of your purchase goes to the conservation organization of your choice Check out sixdaygrindcoffeeco.com today. That's the word six, followed by daygrindcoffeeco.com. That's awesome. Hmm. Daniel, you, uh, or when Jeremy came on last time, one of the things that really stuck out to us, uh, me particularly, is when I asked him about hunting out of state, um, he basically said he likes to travel to places that hunt similar to what he knows, right? Um, that was something that really, really stuck out to me and I can see it pretty clearly through his videos. It looks like though, that you 
sometimes venture out a little bit more in like I may see you hunting really steep terrain at one point and then see you hunting really, really flat stuff at another point. Well, and I took it from him to begin with. I looked for stuff that I was familiar with uh, as far as terrain or, you know, whether it was thick timber, open ground, whatever. But the more I got to doing it, I got to looking for a, a mix of something, like something I knew, but something I didn't know. And when I got there, I was like, all right, I want to try something new. But if that don't work out, I do know how to hunt this type of stuff and try to mix it where they're pretty close together, where I could look at one and then be able to hunt whichever one looked better to me. And then I just kind of started learning how to hunt a little different stuff. And, you know, that's just kind of the reason I, I just hunt what looks best to me now. But to start off, I tried to mix it a little bit just to learn something new to me. Um, but that, you know, that's definitely what I'd say is don't go out looking for something that you've never done. You know, like around here, it's big, fairly rolling hills, pretty thick timber. Uh, like starting over, if I was to go somewhere, I wouldn't want to say go to the plains of Kansas and hunt because I would know nothing about that. But the more I've done it, I'm kind of starting to learn how to hunt type of terrain like that. It's definitely different. No doubt about that. But uh, I, I would definitely advise nobody to start out doing a complete 180 as far as as far as a terrain deal there with that. You find people who who maybe go on their first out of state hunt, they're going to do something drastically different. It's almost natural. Like if I hunt hills here, I'm going to want to go hunt farmland somewhere where maybe the stuff that I get to see on that I see on TV, you know, yeah, go, go, hunt, go hunt a cornfield or something, you know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but realistically, I'm going to be a whole lot more effective if I go to, you know, uh, a hillier terrain in Ohio, maybe right. southern Ohio. Um, okay. I'm probably going to know how to hunt that one just right off the bat a little bit better than a crop field. So, um, yeah. man, I love hearing that. I love the, the confirmation of that from guys like y'all who really do it a lot. Um, and And like I said, you know, Jeremy, that that whole episode has been quoted by all of us quite a few times because there's a lot of little little nuggets like that. But that is one of the things that really stuck out with me and um, has helped me even even this past season and the season before that um, in how I'm planning my out of state hunts. Uh, every once in a while, I get a wild hair, right? Me and Matt are like, let's go hunt freaking cropland in Kentucky, man. Let's do this. <laughs> Uh, and you know what happened? We get our butts kicked every single time, <laughs> but we end up hunting hillsides in <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> flatland, trying to find the slightest change of terrain. Well, yeah. you don't never know. You got to challenge yourself every once in a while. My dad always had a quote, you never learn no younger. Mm-hmm. And, and that is so true. You know, I, I remember when I was five years old and he, he said, get out there. You make gate. <laughs> I was like, I can't know. He got out there and help me be like, or get on a tractor or something when I was young. He's like, you'll never learn any youngers. You know, and <laughs> I'd always look at it that way. You try something new. Yeah. If it don't work, like you said, you know what you can fall back on? Uh, you know, especially if you got time. Uh, you know, I don't like the hills. You know, he done good in Wisconsin and figured out how to hunt the ridge tops. Because we ain't got that kind of terrain here. Yeah, nothing that steep. And, and, you know, we can go to Arkansas and hunt it. And he likes that. You know, he kills some deer down here in the bottom, you know, lake bottom. And he like. Man, ain't nothing to pin them up down here. And I'm like, yes, it is. There's water and stuff. He, he, so, you know, you find your favorite. 
yeah. you sort of find what you're good at, you know, but so get out of your comfort zone every once in a while. You, you never know. You might pick up something, learn something. Yep. I want to know, Jeremy, has anybody, uh, anybody found your camera or <laughs> recovered your, uh, your buck? The boat, the boat, I went back down there two days later and it was in a log jam about a mile and a half down the river in a big hairpin curve. The camera was still in the bag, but it was soaking wet. Yeah. <laughs> it had run, you know, card, everything was lens. I, I took it out and dried the camera out and thought it would and got it to come back on. And I sent it to uh, some place to repair it. And they, they went through it and said, it's not fixable. And I'm like, it'll come on. They like, oh, it's got too much water damage. He said, all this electronics in it. <laughs> we may can get it working now. We just said, it's going to, it's corroded and everything on the inside. So mm. it's all gone. But now my muzzle loader, my pack, because the pack had a boned out deer in it. It's in the bottom of the river. It's somewhere. Sunk. Where I have had some guys say, we got some magnets. We'll help you find it when the water goes down. Yeah, and you're it, magnet fishing. Yeah. yeah. So, so it it's not far because, like I said, the boat turned over. And I guess that camera bag would float and it sort of got hung in, in the side of it there. Because, like I said, it was turned up on its side in the log jam. It wasn't turned all the way over. Okay. So, wow. yeah, that was a <laughs> majority of the stuff is definitely gone. Oh, yeah. It's Golly. like. It, 85% of it for sure. The boat and the motor you got. Back. But y'all, I will have to say, never thought of it. Never would have even. The game morning that night when they come got me, you come back out, man, all the law and the uh, ambulance and everything was there in the game morning. So I got to do a report here. And he said, I got to do a report. And he said, you might want to use it for your insurance. I'm like, man, I ain't got no insurance on the boat or none of that. He's like, you got household owner's insurance? And I'm like, yeah. He said, I've heard a lot of folks turned in on their house insurance. And I'm like, why are they going to cover it? He said, I don't know. He said, but try it. And I went to my agent, like I said, I, I got a lot of insurance with them, and I've hit it our house with them ever since we've been married. My agent said, I don't know who covered it, she said, but let me turn it in. By George, they covered about 80% of it. Yeah. Yeah. Because they basically said, you keep that stuff at your house. That's yeah. content. Yeah. I never would have thought that. <laughs> so that is wild. Yeah, that's why I give a shout out to the insurance company. A lot of people talk bad about them, but that helped. Because that camera, the first time I took that song gun. Because <laughs> like, like boats, like you'd have to have boat insurance. But yeah, they said it wouldn't cover the boat. boat okay, it was just the contents. Okay. Yeah, that's what she said. She, I know they won't cover the boat or the motor. She said that's okay. She said, but well, that's camera. nice on the camera. Yes, the camera and the gun, the backpack. Mm-hmm. Mm. Stuff. But they can't cover the cost of a, of a nice buck. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. no. It, and, and, and also footage. I, th- I thought that card would work too. But, yeah, that's surprising know. to me that the card didn't yeah. work. Well, um, I said it was, it was soaking wet. It had been in water for two days. Well, so yeah, it, it got yeah. a pretty good soak. <laughs> Jeremy, uh, is if if you could get one thing back out of that, would you rather have that deer or would you rather have that camera or have that card uh, to have the video of the deer? <laughs> I had a good hunt laid out. You know how it laying a hunt out <laughs> and you got it. And like I said, my GoPro was in the pack and it went down with the pack. So like I said, I remember when I got, I got the shot and I turned around, turned the camera back to me. Like, man, I had my tactic cam on. I had the GoPro on. I had the gun on and he was laying there at 70 yards. And I seen him in the center of the screen. I like, I got all this, man. I said, I got a awesome hunt laid out here. <laughs> so, you know, but like I said, it could have been worse. That night yeah, could have been a little absolutely. <laughs> so absolutely. Yeah, be glad you stopped. Yeah, you stopped at Walmart 
with your life jacket to get a life yeah, jacket. Well, I, I went back home and got a life jacket. Now, yeah. But I, oh yeah, I, I've, been, I've been on the water enough. You don't do that. <laughs> yeah. You, you don't, especially at yeah. night. You know, and that 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 goes back to what Parker was saying earlier about you know getting discouraged. I've seen many hunts where, you know, you either had your hammer locked on your gun or you found something. You end up getting late. You know, nine ten o'clock at the stand. If I if I'm getting to the stand that late, I'm shoot. I'm already I, chalking up my hunt. Like, I'm talking is, to my camera like a pissed off little baby. Whenever I, <laughs> when I'm like, I freaking suck. I don't got no business. And you guys are just like, oh man, well we're just a little bit late today. <laughs> Well, that's right. But, but what do you? What what good does it do griping about it? You're it, right. It, yeah, you're it, right. That's, yeah, you know, I guess that's why I always looked at things. What you know, something bad goes wrong, and you know, I, I look at the other side of it. And they like, why are you always looking at it? like you can't do nothing about what happened? It's done happened. <laughs> so yeah, just get over it. <laughs> Man, that's great. That's uh, oh, that's my a, wife's over here just doing this right now. Like, yeah, <laughs> she, yeah she she knew you before, huh? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like me telling her I told you so. <laughs> hey, man, speaking of your wife, uh, I know I mentioned it before. I'm not sure if we were recording or not, but, man, what a season she's had in Mississippi she this has. year. And she loves to hunt, too, now. She's, she's, <laughs> I'm going to say something on her. She's probably going to get mad at me. She was sitting, we're sitting over here last night, and she's like, I'm ready to go on an out-of-state hunt. And I said, you want to go to Arkansas? She looked at me, she's like, uh-uh. <laughs> Daniel, Daniel knows the story about Arkansas. I took her five years ago, probably six years ago. <laughs> she comes out looking. She don't let me tell this. <laughs> I took her a spot where there was a big buck in there. You know, and the first day I set her in a blind. I sat with her and video. Well, the next day we split up. I, I, I took her to a blind on the side of a hill because it was hilly. And I said, you stay here till it gets dark. I'm going to go right back about 200 yards and I'm going to climb right off where we walked in. I said, but don't get out of that thing. Don't get out of that blind. Well, it started getting dark, and I got down early because she don't like the dark. She likes watching scary movies, so y'all know women that's like that. <laughs> well, I come walking up that blind before it got dark, and I figured she'd meet me out of it. I peeked over in that blind, and she was gone. I like, uh-oh, this ain't good. I was, in a, I was in a tough spot to get out of. It was one of them. <laughs> and it was, luckily, I had phone service. And I called her, and she was bawling her eyes out. And it's lucky, like I said, headphone service. And she's like, oh. I said, which way did you go? Did you go back the way we come or the other way? Because she went the other way. It had been hard to find her. <laughs> and she went back down, but she got stuck between water, and she couldn't get out. And it was dark. We was in some big woods. <laughs> and it was black dark. And I was like, <laughs> she's, I got my light on. I got my light on. I like, you just leave your light on. I'll find you. Oh, that didn't go over well. She didn't hunt with me for several years, a couple years after that. <laughs> So, so watch taking your wife to, even though there's some big deer in there, you know, take her to one of them hard places like that. No. God. She was, she was going to walk back out to the truck before it got dark, what her plans were. And and I thought I was on the trail where I could see her coming back, because I was back down the holler. But but I missed her, and I guarantee she ain't forgot that. That's <laughs> reason she said she ain't going back with you. <laughs> so that's why she's been hunting by herself so much, I'm guessing. <laughs> Well, she'll hunt around here. And, well, once she hunts by herself a lot around here, we just hadn't been able to click, you know. You know how it's sort of going with somebody trying to film them? Yeah. We just never could make it work out and kill nothing. Now, she go here by herself because I got two or three places that's pretty good that I leave alone for her. And she can go by herself and go kill a deer, you know, right when it's right, about a week right there when it's real good around here. But, I, man, I want to get you on film this year. And it did work out this year. You know, that old power line of hunt, man, it's 
it's faithful. You can you can hunt it that week of the rut, and you know you can kill a three year old deer there. It's just so we really hunted it this year, and she killed two on it. So, uh, <clears throat> so cool, such a cool, cool dynamic watching you guys on film together. Um, super inspiring. You know, your wife talked at the end about being married married to a deer hunter. I just thought it was whole thing was good. Now, Daniel, uh, you travel a lot i'm i am guessing that there's not a whole lot of room for a lady friend to hunt with you around this time is it well no i ain't found one that wanted to get there, so, uh, that's been out of the question for a lot a while, a while. <laughs> but who knows i'm liable to run my plan is to run into one while i'm hunting you know <laughs> Yeah, if you run into one about a mile deep, you know. <laughs> that's when you that's know. What we're talking about. That's Love at first you, sight. You better pack her out. <laughs> we, well, we run into one. He went with me to Colorado that year. We was around a big mountain that was 14,000 feet. There's a lot of people. And it was on the weekend. Yeah. Daniel, remember this girl. I did. Daniel was a <laughs> I'm talking about it. She was, you know, he was 16, 17. He was 16 then, wasn't he? Yeah, 16. He was 16 then. She probably was 18. And I'm talking about she was a doll. She come off that mountain by herself. She had her trekking sticks. And she had her, a big pack. Big on pack. She, she said, I've been camping up there with some friends. And, and there she left. I was like, Daniel, that's what you're looking for. Right there. <laughs> that's, you found her. About <laughs> yeah. So he hadn't found that yet, but I was like, that's what you're looking for now. <laughs> Do you want to know more about saddle hunting? Well, you can go to tetherednation.com for all your saddle hunting needs. Tethered is for saddle hunters, by saddle hunters, and they're redefining ultralight hunting. If you know me, you know that I love to have a system for all of my hunting equipment, where everything works together, and we preach about it a lot on this podcast. When you buy from Tethered, you can rest easy knowing that all your gear is designed to work together as a system. Saddles, platforms, ropes, climbing sticks, and a ton of other great gear just for saddle hunting can be found by visiting tetherednation.com today. That's tetherednation.com. Check them out. I'll say a lot of the solo is, that's how I like to hunt. And I want it to wean him off that way because you're more productive by yourself. Yeah. When you go with somebody, especially you're going to the state and you both got the same tag, odds are one of them's going to tag out quick and the other, you're going in the same vehicle, you're going to be sitting there waiting on the other one. And I knew that he, you know, it took me a little while to get him. I didn't ever figure he'd go to Montana by himself. You know, we put in, I was going with it and situations come up. And I, you know, like I said, I just didn't have a grandkid that week. And I knew I couldn't go. And I basically told him, I like, I'll go after that grandkid comes here. But I was like, you need to go on. And I knew if I could ever get him to do it once by himself, he'd be hooked, you know, and it's different. It, it is different going because you know, what's that 14, 1500 miles you went 2,000 miles? It's, it's a long it's way. It's like 19, yeah, 19 or two. It's a long way. That was a long trip to go by yourself. 40-something hours <laughs> from the time I left to the time I got there. Yeah. You were but, where? But, why, you were in Wyoming? Montana. I was right. in Montana. Montana. West Central Montana, where you went on up to. You know, but I, like I said, I'd been to that country. I knew if he ever got to it, he was going to absolutely love it because yeah. it's just wide open. You can go, you know, the shape he's in. Because I remember when I was younger, I'd always – I'd find the highest mountain I'd climb. I just had to go to the top of that sucker. You know, killing a big buck and getting on the top of a big mountain is sort of the same feeling. You sitting um, up there and you like, ain't many folks been right here. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's a one of them pretty good feelings. 
Um, but like go back to the places we hunted and hunting solo. You know, what's your opinion on hunting solo? Man, I just like to to be able to when I'm by myself. It's like making a decision on yourself. You know, you're with say you go with a group, two or three of you. You come back, you kind of get to talking. You know, say you seen a deer, this and that. And you get to talking amongst each other, and then somebody will put in their opinion, like, oh, you should do this, you should do that. Well, then you go back next day, and you're hunting. You're like, well, man, should I have done what so-and-so said? Or maybe I should stick to what I planned or this or that. When you're by yourself, you're like, that's the decision I'm making. If it works, it works. If it don't, it don't. I ain't got no other decisions rolling through my mind that could, you know, could have worked, could not. I made a decision, it worked or it didn't. And that's what I like about, you know, being solo. Uh, well, one thing is the traveling to in the setup, yeah. the vehicle setup. It's it's easy to set a vehicle up for one person. Yeah, you know, you can get all your stuff in it, you can sleep in it, and you're so mobile. Yeah. You know, you get to a spot and you don't like it, man, it get dark. You can drive six eight hours at night and be at a new spot way away from. It. Oh yeah, you know, and and that's the biggest advantage of being mobile is you know, you'll be going by yourself is being mobile. Yeah, for sure. You know, you're not waiting on anybody else. You know, nope. you, if you get that that good, because a lot of good hunting. It's gut feeling. You, you get where you learn yourself and you know what you're good at. And you got that gut feeling. I need to go do this. Yeah. I need to go do that. And the more you do it and the more you're successful, it, it just, you got that feeling. Yep. You know when to trust that gut feeling. That's right. Sure. You, you, know, <laughs> you, you may crawl up and stand, you'll sit there a second. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I need so to move. Good. And, and, you know, there's a lot of times I've moved and boom, there, that big one just pops up in that new spot. You're like, I'm glad I done that. Oh yeah. You know, you learn to trust yourself. Yeah. <clears throat> Absolutely, I think. Did, go ahead, Matt. Did Daniel, Daniel, did you do, did you do that on that big brow time buck you killed this year? Didn't you move did. areas or something? I did. I had, uh, yeah, I'd found that spot the day before, day before I killed him, and uh, I said, you know, the what the wind wasn't right for the way up where I wanted to set, and I said, you know, I seen that front was going to be pushing in about twelve o'clock the next day. 10 o'clock, 12 o'clock, somewhere in there. So the afternoon before I'd went and hunted this other spot, seen a couple bucks chasing, a couple little bucks chasing a doe. And I was like, well, tomorrow morning, I'm going to get in there and hunt just for a little bit because the wind was going to switch from a due south to a due north, like 180 degree wind switch in like two hours. So it was going to be a big switch. And uh, I went and hunted that spot that I had seen the couple little bucks chasing the doe the day before and at 10 o'clock i said all right i gotta get down i gotta move and all of a sudden about halfway out when i was walking to the truck that wind started switching i'm telling you i've never felt that before but within 10 seconds the temperature dropped five degrees and if you ever feel that you you know what that front when it hits you like oh that's different and them deer they feel that they know that and when that happened i said i've got to get to this spot where I knew, you know, was the best sign I'd found. I said, I've got to get there as fast as I can. And it took me about an hour to get around there and get in and get set up. I got set up at like 12 o'clock, 1230 maybe. And uh, at two o'clock is when that deer come through and I, and I ended up killing him. Man. I I believe weather or wind shift days, uh, more big bucks get killed on a day that the wind shifts. Um, and then you had the added benefit of having a, a cold front shift, right? Like he's not only going to move because the, the, the cooler air, but he's going to move because probably his bed isn't good anymore. 
He's got to change beds. We we got talking. That's one thing we share information. You know, when we hunt, we sit and talk like, why did this deer do that? We just sat here last night. I'm like, you know, you killed three different bucks on that day. The wind shifted. Yeah. I usually have the better look the second day. Oh, when, when that pressure is starting to come back up and everything, the deer I killed this year, both of them was on the second day after. So it depends, but we got talking because Daniel, you know, that deer took a, a crap right there. Yeah, he, so had was, ju- he had just got up. So he just, he, he, just, he just got up and see these deer he killed here on that same weather. They close, was close to their bed. Close to their bed. So that's what we got thinking. Like that days that wind shift like that, they're not moving way out. They're you got to be close. You got to be close to them, but they're up on their feet. Yep. That's right. So you know what? Then, you know, a lot of time we share information and get sitting there bumping our heads. You know, why'd you kill them on this right here? And what were the deer doing? Yep. And we got to think, yes, right. You, them deer you killed was, was close. Yep. They, them deer I killed, they were wrong. You know, they was up on their feet. They was up traveling. They was up traveling. You could tell they was traveling fast because they were just focused. They was headed somewhere. And yeah. they, there's no telling how far they could come from because they was up looking, traveling. So, you know, I hope that information people will start thinking. You know, your listeners are saying, okay. But because there's no doubt when them fronts come through, them major fronts, when that you got that double digit temperature change, uh, you know, that's the best time to kill a big deer if yeah. it's if it's close to the rut. You know, I, you, we pay attention around here. You can pay attention on Facebook. You can watch a front come because I'm I'm in with like a Kansas group, an Iowa group, an Indiana group, an Ohio group. You can watch when that front comes across, and then the folks start posting pictures of them yeah. killing them when that front's coming through. So it's, you know, if you start paying attention to stuff like that, it's something that you can learn from. Mm-hmm. Even Mississippi. You can watch Mississippi. I killed it Mississippi or something. And watch how the Delta in December, they start putting big bucks up. And you can sort of tell right where that rut's starting to go on. Yep. That's right. Man, man. So we know y'all are hunting in the South. And I know Parker kind of started this question. We got on to some more topics. But how many states did you hunt this year? And which ones were they? I know. I think y'all just posted a video talking about already preparing for next year. Is that right? Yeah, I just put one up a while ago trying to tell people how to show people how I scout. Uh, uh, and like I said, we hunted several. I drawed way too good this year. I drawed a Montana tag and I never stepped foot in Montana. I hate to say that. I had a deer and elk tag. Yeah. I didn't step foot in it. And it was my fault because I spent three weeks in Wisconsin trying to kill a deer and it kicked my tail. It was just, I, I, I was one of them spots that I said, I'm finna, cause that's the place you can kill a giant. There are not that many numbers there, but there's some, just some giants there. And I love that place. Uh, and like I said, I, I picked up North Dakota that I didn't draw that I did. Well, yeah, I did. I you did, did you drew North Dakota. Yeah, I drew North yeah. Dakota. I, my plan was to go North Dakota in Montana. Yeah. And I didn't. And like I said, we draw Wisconsin. We, Wisconsin over the county. Yeah, Wisconsin. Wisconsin one picked up. I drove Wyoming. I guess what I was thinking was mm-hmm. Wyoming. Yeah. But I told Daniel, my western state, I killed a big deer. I don't. I won't say that state because it'd be too easy to find. There's not a lot of public land there. Yeah. I said that's my Wyoming, and that one's my priority. And I'll pick up the What's other state. Left? And and I basically killed good animals in both them states with my priorities. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so, Daniel, what you went to? You had I went to well, I went to Montana. Started that office early, and then when did I leave? End of October, and I went to Wisconsin, and then killed there. Went to Kansas, killed there, and I went to Iowa. Iowa kicked my butt, and I 
I don't even want to talk about that. That's one, that, that's, that's one he had a heck of a show, but he didn't come out with it. Yeah. What happened? I like, boy, you got to learn. Yeah. You got to show your defeats now. I like it's. It happens to everybody. <laughs> and that comes with age. Yeah, that, it that, does. Comes, that comes with age. I know and, I'll get out of it eventually, but right now I can't. <laughs> but, uh, anyway, I come, come back home and uh, ended up going to Arkansas and didn't do no good there this year. And then, you know, here at home. Uh, so five deer states, I guess, if you count Mississippi and then, uh, and then Montana, so six, five out of states and one in state home state, you know, that's what I was tell guys, you know, you know, I've got the experience on him. Like I said, I had the preference points for Wyoming. Yeah. Uh, young guys think ahead of what you want to do five and 10 years from now. Cause a lot of them Western states to get into some of them real good hunts. You got to get the preference points. Oh yeah, I was another mm-hmm. state. You know, you got to have the preference points to hunt it, but it's worth it. That's why that tag is so high because there's no doubt it's the best public land for whitetail in in the country. I don't for, know for big. Well, it wasn't for you, but it was. <laughs> did you not have a chance at a big deer? I am. Well, that's, that's all. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I actually I bought my first preference point this year for Iowa, so. Okay. I'll be going for number two this coming year. Okay. I so guess I'll start that. back over as much as I hate to. Find <laughs> <laughs> them states that you, you, you like. And, yeah. and it goes back to I like hunting rivers and creeks and stuff. So I really lean toward them. But man, I had a lot of folks. You know, that's one thing about doing this show and y'all, y'all do it and y'all starting to get the contacts and stuff. Folks will start suggesting places like man you need to come up here and hunt. you need to come up here and when they start sending pictures that usually gets your attention oh yeah man i've had a guy from minnesota that i've got sort of friends with on the phone and i got one in ohio it's a, a man a deer they send you pictures of you like gosh dog yeah and they like man they kill a bunch of these around here like yeah i <laughs> like i gotta check that out yeah for sure and you know minnesota y'all is a sleeper state it's a long ways up there but man it's this this guy sent me some pictures of his taxidermist, just some heads that come in that county. Man. Giants. Yeah, giants. Giants. <laughs> he was like, and that's an overcalorie tag. Yeah. You know. And I'm like, there ain't much any public land right in that area. And he sent me a, his his own X and he and it it was public land everywhere. I was like, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. okay. See you soon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. We'll be there. Well, do it yourself, Hunter. You guys are the definition of what you call yourself, like you guys go out and you do it and you do it well. Uh, thanks for coming on the show this evening. And, uh, man, I think we're going to talk about some turkeys too. So, um, freaking turkey season is getting close. This is a shameless plug for the Limb Hanger podcast. It's coming up uh, on the Sportsman's Empire podcast network. And uh, you look like you got to say something, Jeremy. Yeah, I got something that my wife said. We got a booth at the, the, the turkey show, the turkey convention or whatever it's called. Oh, sweet. And they, yeah. NWTF, we're going to have a booth there. So all your listeners that go, hey, come by and see us at booth number 431. Yeah, 431. We'll be there. So we went sweet. last year. And we and we sort of. We just kind of walked around and looked at it because we neither one of us had ever been. And that's a good show to go. It that's is. a good thing. You, your wife and kids. There's plenty for kids to do there. That you know, it's a good show. It's, it's in a good place to Nashville. And, and people think it, it's all turkeys. It's not all turkeys. No, it's hunting. There's a lot of deer stuff there too. A lot of deer. Stuff. And you walk through the parking lot. There's tags because you get think of turkey. You hunted the chapters all in the all in the country. States. And you know, 
it's the best show that's represented abroad. Yep. You know, most of the yep. time you got a show like y'all got over in Alabama, it's probably a hundred to mile radius, but man, this thing draws people from everywhere. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. And as always, a big shout out to all of our partners. That's Go Wild, Tethered, Spartan Forge, and Six Day Grind Coffee Company. You can keep up with Southern Ground Hunting by following us on Facebook or Instagram or subscribing to the YouTube channel. And you can be sure to check us out at southerngroundhunting.com to pick up some of our merch, read some blog articles, and all that good stuff. I truly hope you enjoyed this week's episode, and we'll see you here again next week. Remember that God gave you dominion over the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, and the beasts of the earth. So go out and exercise that dominion. We will talk to you next week.